You're listening to Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Got a great show for you this morning. In a little bit, we'll uh, be talking with the folks at Microsoft. There's a new Microsoft Office out. Did you know? Well, I didn't, but now I know. I did. (laughs) Did you? And that's why I booked Microsoft on the show today, (laughs) because I wanted to learn some more about it. I'm curious if I should do the try to upgrade to it. Like, what are the new features? It's going to be an interesting discussion. I can't wait to talk to them. Microsoft Office 2016, so we'll get all the uh, details uh, on who can upgrade and why and should you. Those kind of questions. I have a lot of questions, do by you, the way. Do yes. you? We'll also be talking a little later about ad blockers. This is uh, something very interesting and I think something that we should all be aware of and think about. Um, probably noticing now on the web pages you go to, especially news sites, content sites, that there are more and more and more ads popping up all over the place on the sides of those places. And even those uh, video ads that just start playing when you come to the site. Well, you can get ad blocking software, but is that killing all the free content that we're getting? Well, the problem is those ad blockers are getting very, very popular. Yes. And uh, we're about to hit like um, a kind of like a turning point in ads when, you know, there's an argument there and we'll talk about it later about why you should like having ads. On, on websites, so uh, it should be an interesting discussion as well. This week, uh, Apple iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus launched, I believe this Friday, and already the uh, analysts are predicting it'll be the biggest uh, iPhone launch ever. They're estimating, get this, that Apple in this first weekend will sell 12 to 13 million iPhones. That's 12 to 13 million. That's the... That's uh, crazy. Well, that's the thing about Apple is when they release a product, they get a huge fanfare. A lot of people will buy it right away. And um, then the sales kind of trickle down after that. But there's this big launch, and it always happens. It happened with even the Apple Watch. If you look at the stats of how many people bought the Apple Watch when it first came out yeah. compared to what happened after. But you always, and that's the thing about Apple, you always are going to get a lot of people buying it as soon as it's available. It's interesting because uh, Christina, our uh, our app our girl, app girl, app woman, <laughs> that does the app segment. Uh, she's actually right now down downstairs getting her iPhone six S. Rose gold. Rose gold. She happened to be walking by the Fido store on the way to the radio show here, and they had one left. One left. One oh, left. so she. So she's like over the moon. <laughs> That's crazy. So we'll uh, maybe get uh, the lowdown on that when uh, she comes in later on the uh, hour for it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, looks like it's going to be another successful launch for uh, Apple uh, and the iPhone. And uh, I think they'll uh, probably release uh, the official numbers uh, come uh, Monday or Tuesday. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see uh, if they do hit that 13 million unit mark. Well, I'm interested to see, can they keep this up? You know, it's it's very mature market now for smartphones. They're the only ones that are making money. Let's be clear. Yeah. Out of all the smartphone manufacturers, we know it for a fact, Apple is the only company that actually makes money on the smartphones. They make the most profit out of all of them combined. Yeah. And, and they just have such a dominating lead. Even though Android is more popular, like, across the board. Yeah. They still they, they have such loyal customers and a lot of people maybe they're trying to they're trying to lure Android users now with one of those apps that help you migrate into the Apple ecosystem. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what people think about this new uh, iPhone 6s. Speaking of popularity, BlackBerry 
is in the news again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they fell short of their uh, Q2 expectations uh, financially as far as their uh, earnings uh, estimation. Uh, but interesting, uh, they also announced, uh, John Chen, the CEO, announced a new phone that they're going to uh, bring in the holiday time frame. And the new phone uh, doesn't run BlackBerry operating system. It will run Android, mm-hmm. which is a complete new change for them. Well, for years, they were trying to tout the BlackBerry operating system. They're at BlackBerry. The OS is at the 10 version right now. And it, you know what? I, I did try it when it first came out. It's good. Yes. Um, it works well. It's secure. But there was one problem, and this is the problem we've seen with so many manufacturers trying to come up with, with these mobile devices. There were no apps, not enough apps to get it's people. true. It's true. And so um, he didn't want to release the details yet, but uh, had to because it leaked. Yep. Uh, but essentially, he's saying uh, the reason they're doing it is because uh, of the apps. Mm-hmm. You know, right away with an Android phone, you've got access to over a million apps at least, and that's something uh, BlackBerry couldn't uh, touch. So, so let's let's think about this for a second. What happens if this becomes very popular with BlackBerry users? Is that the end of BlackBerry 10? Uh, I, I think by the release of this phone, I think it is the end of the BlackBerry operating system, mm-hmm. to be honest. Well, what's interesting about this phone, like, you know, there are so many different Android manufacturers, but this one actually still has the QWERTY keyboard. You can slide it out. It's Yeah, if you get a chance, Google it. Um, it's uh, called the, the Priv. Yeah. Uh, I guess short for privacy or privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's actually really kind of cool looking. Uh, It's got the full large touch screen. And I think that's important, obviously, if you're going to be running a lot of apps. uh, But it then has a slide out keyboard on the bottom. So it kind of has the best of both worlds. Well, do you remember when when they were releasing BlackBerry 10? They came out with a full touch screen. Yeah, the Z10. The Z10. And that was a big shift because what keeps people loyal to BlackBerry is that keyboard. And I think they realized that after they came out with the Z10, and now they're bringing that and Android together, um, I think it might be a hit. Like, I've never had a BlackBerry phone, but I'm an Android user. I could definitely use one if that keyboard kind of um, helps with emails and and the business user. But could you use it? You're so used to using a touchscreen keyboard now. Do you think you could even get used to using, like, a little keyboard? That's that's the question. I've never actually used a QWERTY keyboard in my life, so – and – I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to try it out, Mike, and see if it uh, if it actually helps write emails on your mobile device. I think they uh, only sold about eight hundred thousand uh, phones this quarter, which is not great, considering we just told you Apple's going to sell thirteen million <laughs> phones in this weekend. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess they're hoping that uh, they can have a bit of success with that. But uh, we'll wait and see when that comes out in the holiday season. And a lot of people were thinking that BlackBerry might get out of the mobile handset altogether but this just shows that they're still going to have their foot in this even though they know they're probably never going to dominate that market ever again yeah i i think if they can't get some success with this or some traction uh i think within two years they'll be out of handsets mm-hmm. they'll just stick to the uh the software side which he's um looks like he's actually successfully transitioning them to a software-based company well he, john chen he's got like one of the hardest jobs right now you know to try to turn that company around he's done it before that's why they brought him in because he's had that ability to turn a company around but uh this one's a this one's a tough one we'll wait and see When we come back from the break, Microsoft Office 2016. Yes, it's available. 
What's it all about? We'll give you the lowdown. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by Lennon Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're live with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. A little later, we'll be talking about ad blockers. Should we actually be using them on uh, the news sites we go to? And, of course, uh, we'll be going open line as well, taking your tech calls and questions. Right now on the line, we've uh, got our guest, Sumit Khanna of uh, Microsoft Office Division Canada. He's the VP over there, talking about the new Microsoft Office 2016. Thanks uh, for joining us today, Sumit. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. So uh, this was interesting. Uh, You guys uh, obviously are continually updating uh, Office. Uh, I know a lot of folks are using Office 365 now uh, as well. Uh, Can you explain to our listeners what uh, Microsoft Office uh, 2016 is all about? Sure, yeah. So on uh, September 22nd, we launched uh, Office 2016. It's the newest version of our desktop apps for Windows. Uh, This includes uh, new versions of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, and OneNote, uh, as well as Project Visio and Access. Uh, In addition to that, we also launched new and enhanced Office 365 services. Uh, We announced uh, Office 365 Planner. It's a great new experience that helps uh, users organize teamwork, uh, we also uh, announced updates to OneDrive for Business, including the next generation uh, sync client for Windows and Mac users. Uh, and we announced GigJam. GigJam is a really cool uh, way for teams to accomplish tasks, and it truly breaks down the barriers between devices, applications, and people. Uh, so, the, so uh, And then Office 365 is the best way to get access to the innovation that we've brought out in Office 2016. And I think that's something important that we have to explain to to listeners. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people uh, know what Office, uh, Microsoft Office is. I've uh, been using it for years. Uh, but there are two ways to basically get it now. You can uh, purchase it outright, uh, or you can go the Office 365 subscription route. Yeah, definitely. Office 365 is our subscription-based cloud service, and it gives you access to the latest Office client applications and also a set of web-based services, such as OneDrive uh, for Business, Delve, uh, Yammer, uh, and Skype for Business. You know, with Office 365, consumers and businesses will always have the latest innovation at their fingertips uh, and uh, to make new collaboration scenarios possible. So with the release uh, of the, the new uh, 2016 version, will the, the 365 users get those same features? Did they roll out at the same time? How does that work? Exactly. So Office 365 users always get the latest features automatically. Our consumer and SMB subscribers, we're going to start pushing out Office 2016 to them um, in the coming month. And our enterprise users that sometimes require a little bit more time, uh, their IT admins can opt in to uh, deploy and use Office 2016 right now, or they can wait for a few months uh, and then deploy it over the coming year uh, to their users uh, within the company. So what kind of pricing are we, we, we looking at? You know, I know with Office 365, you've got all sorts of different subscription plans, uh, you know, some starting less than, you know, less than 10 bucks a month, which is pretty good. Uh, how much is like the full version now if you just want to buy it outright? Uh, so it really depends. Office uh, Home and Student 2016, if you want to buy it outright, uh, $149. But again, I recommend always going with Office 365. And you can get Office 365 personal for someone at home, uh, a consumer, for as low as $7 a month. And that ensures that you get all the client applications, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, uh, and they're always up to date, along with OneDrive um, uh, storage as well, cloud storage, for as low as $7 a month. 
I, I like the family pack. I, I know. I think you guys still have that. Uh, I think it's like ninety nine bucks uh, a year, and you get five licenses. Exactly. We've got that as well. Or if someone prefers to go monthly, they can do that for ten dollars a month as well, and that gives you access to install uh, Office twenty sixteen across five devices, PCs or Mac. That, that's great for my home. You know, we've got I've got three kids, uh, obviously a wife and myself. So I mean, a hundred bucks a year, like that's dirt cheap. Yeah, and, and on top of that, you also get a terabyte of uh, OneDrive storage, so you can store your photos, videos, documents, uh, and storing um, uh, storing documents in the cloud really allows new collaboration scenarios uh, to be made possible as well, where multiple users can work on the document at the same time. Samit, you know, a lot of people use Microsoft Outlook, uh, Outlook as their, you know, to check their emails, both maybe at home and in the office. Any differences with uh, Office 2016 and Microsoft Outlook? Yeah, there are definitely uh, some great enhancements there. Actually, if I take a few minutes, I'll just talk about some of the enhancements across the Office 2016 suite. And I can categorize the innovation in a few ways. One is, you know, Office 2016 makes collaboration uh, even easier. Uh, you know, we like to say that Office 2016 takes the work out of teamwork with features such as real-time co-authoring and in-app Skype for business integration. You can collaborate and communicate with people in real time. You talked about Outlook. You know, the Office 2016 apps really work for you with built-in intelligence. In Outlook, uh, the inbox has uh, um, uh, got a new feature with modern enhancements. So when you send an email, it automatically will provision the appropriate permissions for everyone in the tool line of that email so they can, get, they can gain access to a cloud attachment that you're sharing, which then makes these new collaboration scenarios possible. I love the Tell Me feature as well in Office 2016. Um, you know, there are times where users haven't used a specific feature. For me, I'll tell you, the other day I was working on a document. I needed to add a footnote. I hadn't done that in the last, you know, year or two if I, or even longer. All I did was I went into the Tell Me feature and I just said, enter footnote. And it literally takes me right to that button and, and walks me through the process of entering a footnote. So the Tell Me feature is really, really cool as well. And then in uh, coming back to Outlook, you know, we've in, uh, uh, also added uh, recently viewed documents uh, as an option. So when you're creating an email, there are multiple times where you have to attach a file and you have to go through and find where on your hard drive you might have stored the file. Now with Office 2016 and Outlook 2016, if you click on Attach File, it shows you your most recently viewed documents, and it saves you time. You can quickly see the document you last worked on. That's probably the one that you want to share, and you can click Send, and, and off you go. I just got to get it to my work for me now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Office 2016 works really, really well with Windows 10. It works perfectly with Windows 10. With Cortana integration into Microsoft Outlook, it actually helps schedule meetings and also gives you a heads up on what meetings are coming up in advance. So we're truly trying to get the Office applications to start working for you uh, with some of these intelligent features that we've added in. We're going to have to get you on again. I mean, we could talk about this for uh, hours, obviously, with all the new features uh, in here. Uh, where can people get more information, Sumit? Office.com. Just hit up Office.com, and you can find out all about the new innovation with Office 2016 and even uh, purchase Office 365 uh, through the website. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Andy. Have a good one. That was uh, Sumit uh, Khanna. He's uh, VP of Microsoft uh, Office uh, in Canada. So it looks uh, like some cool new uh, features there. Well, you know, it, it's funny because I, I know Office inside and out like most people do. And I'm kind of curious, should I make that upgrade or not? Because, like, I was just but saying... are you on 365? Or you, you no, said, no, no. Just the standard um, package. Yeah. Uh, I've never really gone to the subscription base, but... 
um, I'm curious because like if it ain't broken, don't fix it. That's like the old <laughs> saying, right? So it's I, like I know, if, but you know, you work with me now, right? We're yes. collaborating all the time. Yes. And I know some people in our office use Google Docs, but mm-hmm. that thing drives me crazy because it's not the most user-friendly thing in the world. And I'm so used to using Office. No. So I think some of these features kind of make it easier to like share stuff around. Not only that, you can edit a document with the new Microsoft Word in real time with people like See, that's anywhere. cool. Yes. That's cool. And that was a feature that Google Docs had for yeah. years, and a lot of people moved to, to that, especially when I was in school. Yeah. And I had to do team projects. We would use Google Docs because we could all enter at the same time. But uh, – yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have to think about this uh, this weekend because I I do want to switch, but I'm just a little scared at the same time. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about ad blockers. Uh, I think a lot of people are getting frustrated with the sheer amount of ads that are popping up on their web browsers uh, now when they're searching different uh, sites, especially those video ads that just start playing and you can never seem to figure out how to turn them off. So I can see why a lot of people want to cut those out. But is it killing uh, the free? content that we're getting i mean goes hand in hand newspapers have to have advertising Mm -hmm. uh same thing happens on the web as well so we'll uh discuss that maybe even get some thoughts on it uh, as well from the uh, listeners you're listening to get connected brought to you by london drugs here in the chorus radio network back after this you are live with get connected mike and andy here in studio today later on we'll uh, be talking with uh christina about app of the week as always I wanted to talk about uh, ad blockers now, Andy. Uh, and so this is uh, becoming a thing. Ad blockers have been around for a while now, but uh, I think if you look at websites, uh, especially like news websites or where you're you're getting uh, content, uh, these websites are chock full of ads now, like yeah. up and down each side. You know, video ads that you can't seem to turn off that just start playing when you you get to the website. So for a lot of people, uh, that's annoying. But you know, looking at the stats. Uh, ad blocking software, and again, this is software you can download, uh, and they have these things available on on smartphones now that basically strip the ads out of these pages so they don't annoy you anymore. Mm-hmm. And from the stats that we're looking at, it is growing dramatically. And this year, they're uh, estimating uh, roughly about 200 million people uh, around the world will be using ad blockers on the internet, and um, just in the U.S. alone, that's 16 percent of all internet users are using it. When you think of ad blockers, historically, it's been on a web browser. Yes. You would get a little plug-in to block ads. But as more and more people are using mobile devices as their primary device to, to access the Internet, you're starting to see ad blockers, apps, happening on, on iOS and Android. And that's when it gets concerning because if this gets really, really popular and the ads aren't going through, the whole business model that, that we are getting for free content is going to change. And the question is... Where's the money? How are, you, how are people generating money on all this content online? And, you know, that's the trouble because right now, even if they weren't having these ad blockers blocking ads, the business model still sucks. Yes. You know, these sites just aren't generating the revenue that traditionally they might have, uh, you know, on in print, like in newspaper and magazine. And, you know, even us, you know, we do a television show. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a weird time for us, right? Because we're still doing the TV show. We put all that content up online as well. Mm-hmm. And more people see our stuff online. But, you know, we can't make money to save our lives up there. Yes. And those videos that we post have pre-rolls, both yes. on our AOL uh, channel and, and on YouTube. Yep. And, um, but we're not seeing bucket loads of money coming through from that, even though no. we're getting all these views. No. So just to give listeners an idea, like, 
I mean, we're punching out a truckload of content. You know, we make several shows a month. Uh, we we punch out 20 to 30 video segments, you know, little two to five minute video segments as well. We post it all up on uh, AOL and YouTube. And, you know, we're getting hundreds of thousands of views. And do you know how much money we make a month, Andy, from that? I don't you know, know if I The advertising to... split from AOL and YouTube? I'm lucky. I'm lucky if I see between $500 to $1,000. Yes. It's amazing. It's like who can, you know, as a content maker, especially video, video's not cheap. No. I can't live on that. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's... It, <laughs> and so now we've got all these ad blockers, and I can see why. Like, I hate it. I go to these websites now, and they've gone too far. Yes, and I think the blame of the advertisers, they were just pumping out these ads, and now they're starting to look at what you're Googling. So if you're Googling, like, new shoes, suddenly you got shoes everywhere. I know, it's crazy. So so my every time I go on Google, I just get ads for tech products because I'm always looking for products that, to feature on the show. And what happens is all these products that I've been Googling about suddenly so, are so you've ads. you've got ads everywhere. Yeah. And, and It drives me crazy because if I'm doing any um, research or – uh, shopping for gifts in my family, especially at Christmas time. We have the kitchen computer that we all use. You know, suddenly all the things that I'm searching for my wife, there's ads all over and the And now she's seeing it. And she's yes. like, oh, I wonder what I'm getting for Christmas. <laughs> so it's it's nuts. But it, it drives me crazy. And I got to be honest, I've used them before. I mean, but the problem is the, the publishers, the people making the content, and I'm in that boat as well. Yeah. Uh, if everyone's ads are being blocked, then they're making even less money than they were so making. The New York Times, which is one of the biggest papers in the world, they're experimenting now with ads uh, at certain time of it, of the day. So you might see ads in the morning while you're reading your morning paper, but then in the evening time they want you to just consume and more of an entertainment. But is that going to work? And it's like, but it's the New York Times. Like they're kind of a, a special breed in themselves. You know are. what I mean? Yes. Like. Let's look at the Maple Ridge Times, for example. Do you think they're going to be able to bring in the dollars that the New York Times is? No. Mm -hmm. And so it's tricky. It's almost like we should allow these ads because if we don't, we're not going to get this content for free. Somehow they got to make money. Otherwise, And and so that's the problem. Like the good content won't be free anymore. And all the crappy content, you know, from the sorry BuzzFeed and (laughs) these other Gawker and all these other websites is going to be polluting the internet. It's already polluting it. And you know what they're doing is they're making partnerships with these different uh, companies and creating content that you don't even know if it's editorial anymore or if it's been bought. I was looking, for example, I was looking at um, a thing, I think it was on Business Insider, and they were talking about grooming tips for men with beards because I have a beard. Yes. So I was like, oh, I'm going to read this. And then it turns out, as I'm reading it, they, it was all sponsored by the companies, the products that they were featuring. Yeah. So this wasn't even a real. But you didn't even know until you started reading. Not until until I had to really read it yeah. again, and then I realized, oh, you guys. That's are called sp- native advertising. Yes. And you got sucked in. I did. I did. So we're moving to a world where all the content that we're going to get for free is going to be these crappy articles that are basically advertorials. Yes, that you thought that, was an editorial. Yeah, that they're not uh, really clearly stating. You know what? I want to hear from the listeners. What do you think? Should uh, we use ad blockers? Do you use an ad blocker? And how do you feel about not getting free content anymore because <laughs> they can't make money? Mm-hmm. Open up the phone lines here, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in North America, I'd like to hear your thoughts as well. one 399 Do you use an ad blocker? Do you feel guilty about it? We'll hear your uh, your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by Line and Drugs here in the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. 
The way we work is rapidly changing, so being innovative and looking ahead to the future are crucial, especially if you're running a small business. You don't want to get left behind. That's why I highly recommend GoToMeeting.ca. It can change the way you meet and collaborate with clients and coworkers. With Citrix GoToMeeting, you can meet your team online from wherever you are, whenever you need to, from any computer, tablet, or smartphone, so you can stay connected. Get more accomplished while using time more efficiently. Share screens to make presentations, collaborate on projects, review data in real time. Turn on your webcam, and with HD quality, it's like being in the same room. GoToMeeting can help you work smarter and more effectively. I want you to sign up for GoToMeeting today to see what it can do for your business. Try it free for 30 days. There's nothing to lose. Visit GoToMeeting.ca and click the Try It Free button. Do it now, and you can have your first meeting up and running in minutes. That's GoToMeeting.ca. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here. Up uh, in the next segment, uh, we'll be talking with Christina about App of the Week. Uh, we have been talking a little bit about ad blocking software, uh, Andy. And, um, you know, again, I'm in the business, so I see how important it is, and I want it to happen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a, uh, a a consumer of this content, it drives me mental. Mm-hmm. It really does. Well, like, the, there's a lot of ads, like even Facebook now. Like, think about how much money they're making from ads. And what's really bugging me is, like, you're starting to see the, the video pre-rolls a lot, especially on your mobile device. Yeah. And if you don't have a big data plan, those videos are, are consuming a lot of data. I've been going over my, my, uh, my data limit like every single month. To, and if I go over this month, that's it. I'm going to have to upgrade uh, to another plan. because of. The, and I think it's because of these uh, ads. I actually looked inside the Android app. You could see where your data is coming, what apps are consuming the most data. And usually it's Facebook. Really? Yeah. It's always that, Facebook. That is interesting. Uh, I, I read voraciously on, on the internet, uh, so I'm checking all the news sites out all the time. Uh, something that's really annoying me now are these video ads that just start playing when you hit the website. Mm-hmm. And it make, and in most cases, very difficult to turn off. Yeah. And you know, what, you know what's funny? Some of these ad guys, they'll, they'll put an X where you think that's to close it, but it's not. They trick you, and then it's like a little smaller X somewhere else. And yeah, but you hit that... X, which oh, is the trick one, and then another web page opens up. Oh, and it's ad. like, yeah, multiple web pages can open up, and, and they just do all these tricks, and it's, it's getting really tiring. So I, I, can, I understand why nobody wants to have, see ads and why people are installing these ad blockers. Another funny thing is companies now are paying the ad blockers to bypass that and put their ads through. <laughs> so it's like a weird time that we live in right now. When Yeah, when, but you, know, you look at the numbers. So um, PageFair uh, estimates that uh, these ad blocking tools will block nearly $22 billion in ad revenue this year, $41 billion next year. That is a lot. Yeah, and we've moved. Like, you got to remember, everything started with television ads, radio ads, and I think a lot of people are comfortable consuming content that way and seeing a commercial or on both radio and television. But when it comes to online and how intrusive it's gotten and just – the, the sheer amount of ads that we have to, to go through just to look at free content, I can sympathize with people want, not wanting to, but, to do that. But we're seeing you know, places now that give you the, the option. Uh, if you don't want the ads, then you've got to pay mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a subscription or extra. Uh, the Globe and Mail, I think, does a great job. Uh, if you go to their website, uh, you can read so many articles free. and I think it's 10 articles Something a month. like that. And then after that, uh, you, know, you need to subscribe. Yes. And, but see, the Globe and Mail is a great example again because there's great content there. It's editorial. I know that I'm getting well-written articles from real journalists. And I fear uh, in the future 
which is going to be sooner than we all expect, these these sites aren't going to be offering up any free content because all these ad blockers are blocking you know, their potential revenue. And all the news is going to be from crappy sites yeah. that are all integrated with advertorials. So instead of journalists, you're going to basically reading content from bloggers, essentially. And marketing people. And marketing people. And, you know, it, it is frustrating when you, when you think about it that way because uh, everybody consumes content online. No, nobody really reads papers anymore. And, and if we don't have qualified journalists creating this content... Uh, we're going to be reading garbage, essentially. It's going to be an interesting, I'm telling you right now, the next five years, as far as uh, you know, news articles, uh, be it print on the internet, there's going to be uh, a bloodbath there because these online uh, publishers and websites aren't making the money that they need and to survive. And a lot of traditional journalists or even bloggers who are writing content on websites, they get pressure to, to get lots of views. So what happens is now the content they're creating, instead of just being like create good content, they're trying to clickbait you to read their content. Yeah. So a lot of the titles will try to trick you into like, oh, you got to see You'll never happens. believe what this guy just did next. It, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, oh, my God. And it's just garbage. There's just so much garbage. And it, that's where we get our content is online. And now we're reading garbage because of, you know, people are blocking ads. The whole business model, like you said, in the next five years is going to completely Turn upside change. down. It'll turn upside down. And I don't know what it's going to look like. That's, that's what scares me. There's going to be a lot of garbage in the next five years. There already Truly. is a lot of garbage yeah. online. And so I think we're going to see uh, a lot of these sites having to go to paywalls where you're going to have to subscribe to that content. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people like that. No. But that's just the reality that we're going to live in. And we see it in streaming music as well. Yes. Like Spotify. I don't have a subscription to Spotify. I listen to it all the time. But it, it serves ads. Every once in a while, yeah. I get an ad, and uh, I'm comfortable with that. I, I'm used to that because of radio. Yeah. Um, but, and and you know, I understand. I, you know, one of the only industries I think will be okay over the next little while is radio. Mm-hmm. Because people still listen to it in their cars yep. and, and obviously at home. I don't think they're going to be as bad over the next 10 years as some of these other places. It's just really what's going on online right now. Yes. Um, it's going to shift, and all these ad agencies are going to find, have to find new ways of getting ads out to consumers. When we come back from the break, App of the Week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Don't forget, we also periscope our radio shows most times. Periscope's that uh, video streaming app from Twitter. You can get on your iPhone or Android phone for free and watch us uh, do the radio show via live video. It's kind of fun. You can see what we do during our breaks, which is not a lot, actually, but (laughs) you can see it. Uh, Also, uh, you can check us out uh, on your web browser, on your desktop or laptop. Uh, Again, uh, to find us, it's at Get Connected Now, which is our handle. Well, it's that time of the week. App of the week with uh, Christina Stoyanova, our app person. Thanks for joining us today, Christina. Thanks for having me, Mike. I You're really say... having a hard time with that politically correct I thing, know. aren't you? you? Know, I, I was calling you app girl, then I got calls saying don't call her a girl, and then saying app woman, and then some people thought that was dumb. And so you're app person now. Okay, great. What well, do you got? <laughs> I have a new, well, it's not that new, actually. I have an app called Hopper. Hopper? Yes. Is it... that like Frogger? Uh, no. You don't even know what Frogger is. Yes, I know what Frogger is. I watch Seinfeld. Okay, it's a, it's a video <laughs> game from back in the good old days. Okay, Hopper, yeah. what do you got? What is it? Uh, so this app actually helps you find flights cheaper 
um, by by letting you enter in your destination and where you're leaving from. And then it will actually give you a calendar view of the upcoming months. And the cheaper days are marked in green. Uh, the medium ones are marked in yellow and then red for really expensive. Um, so that way you can plan your t trip around when the airfares are cheaper. And there's actually even a tips section that will tell you things like, you know, um, if you change your return flight to this day, you'll save $100 or whatever the case may be. And so does it tell you by airline or just in general? It tells you in general. Um, and it also gives you predictions, actually. Really? So I, just as an example, I entered, I've been thinking about going to Belize, so I entered that in. Um, so We clearly pay you too much money, but keep going. <laughs> so uh, so it's predicting for me, you should book now. Um, but it's not a great price, but we anticipate that it's going to get higher. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. The one thing I hate doing is booking airline travel because I always feel like I'm getting get screwed on the price. Like if I book now, the price will go down. Yes. It's it's a brutal system. Yeah. Yeah. So this... Because it changes sometimes day to day. Exactly. So this will actually give you the predictions. You know, we predict until this date, it'll stay fairly steady. After that, it will get more expensive or less expensive or whatever the case may be. So it takes a little bit of that guesswork out. Obviously, flights are are determined by supply and demand. So... There's really no way to control it altogether, but... Sounds sounds cool. Again, Hopper, and is it available where? Yeah, it's available for free on both Android and iPhone. So uh, while uh, you were downstairs, uh, we were telling our listeners, you uh, managed to get your uh, hands on a new iPhone 6S. I did, yes, by sheer luck. And which version? I got the rose gold 64 gigabyte one. Wow. So that's the new color. Why'd you go with that color? Uh, I kind of wanted to try something new. Um, I I started with black, went to white. So now it's nice to try something new and exciting. So Andy and I were uh, kind of excited when you came up with it. Uh, we wanted to see it, but you will not open the box. You will not let us open the box no. to see it. It's still shrink-wrapped. It is still shrink-wrapped. And why? Um, because I really enjoy going through that process, opening new tech. So... Uh, Yes, you're all going to laugh at me, but like I said, I'm just going to wait till tonight, pour myself a nice glass of wine, open my new phone. And that's why you're single still. Right? I know, Mike. <laughs> You've well, mentioned it once or twice. Yes. Well, uh, we're excited to hear uh, your thoughts on this uh, next week. I'll be able to get my hands on my own success as well. So, uh, For once, I'll be one step ahead of you. I know, kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, we'll give our reviews next uh, next show. Want to uh, thank all the folks that help us uh, put the program together. Of course, Annie Brar, my co-host and uh, producer, Christina, for uh, joining us each week and uh, doing App of the Week, our uh, great CKW team and control room, and also the other Get Connected team uh, that helped put uh, the TV show and radio show together back at the uh, office. This is Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We will see you again next week. <laughs>